Hello, I'm Stuart Devine, and welcome to It's Not All Bad. I think it's safe to say that many people woke up this morning, and most mornings in you know, this week and in other weeks and other days, you know, you wake up taking care of kids, going to the gym, walking the dog, generally going about life's daily routine. It's actually nice when people look forward to whatever they're going to do for the day, whether it's going to store and shopping and getting groceries. This is all good stuff. This would certainly be true if you got promoted at the job, right? Or you got a decent sized raise, hmm? got engaged or maybe getting married. You got together with friends and friendly co-workers or even just kicking back and reflecting on life. You know, that whole thing about meditation, maybe going to the coffee shop, looking at the people, looking at them, looking at you, and vice versa. Just silly stuff, but meaningful just the same. And of course, there's always the opposite, of course. Uh, but let's take a look at some of the other things going on across the land. And hey, by the way, what about the stock market? One minute, it's up and then down, then back up again. What a roller coaster ride on the psyche. Oh, by the way, and the investment pocketbooks, eh? And then you have this whole cryptocurrencies. You know, they were nose diving sharply. I mean, people were freaking out. Then started ascending, at least to the point where cryptocurrency investors can stop holding their breath in disbelief at what's happening to their virtual currency. By the way, I am no expert in that stuff. Don't understand it. I'm glad other people do, but I would not want to be on that roller coaster. Hey, 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 and what about the serious push by automakers to manufacture battery-powered electric vehicles? I mean, Tesla remains the most recognized name in the categories of these vehicles, of course. But there are a few others that are already planning deliveries this year in 2022. And by the way, here are a few of the notables. The R1S SUV by Rivian. Oh yeah, it looks like a big box to me, but apparently it's fully electric. And then you have the EV6 crossover SUV by Kia. And then you have the much touted Ford F-150 Lightning pickup truck. Now this is a fully electric vehicle. Thought I'd never see the day of a electric, fully electric pickup truck. And of course we still have the Chevy Bolt, which is a compact four-door sedan. This is some wild stuff. You talk about technology. Uh, of course, these high-priced electric vehicles are out of the price range of many people and the charging station infrastructure isn't here yet, don't know when it ever will be, but the future is already here in many ways for S, uh, for EVs, electronic, electric vehicles. I think that's some pretty heady stuff. Even though the technology be all weird to me, I am not a scientist. And what about student loans? You know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but there's still talk at the federal level of forgiving student debt, which will bring relief to thousands or even millions of people who are financially upside down when it comes down to the student debt load. Huh, and concerning air travel and COVID-19 mitigation protocols, eh? On June 12th, the Centers for Disease Control announced it will no longer require air passengers traveling from a foreign country to the United States to show a negative COVID test before they board their flight. Now, granted, the jury may still be out on whether this is a smart move or not. I mean, I'm not a scientist. I really don't know. But I know that it's nice not having a cotton swab jammed in, my, jammed in my nostrils with the force of a jackhammer. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. Although it doesn't appear to be a norm, on June 25th, 
formal passage of gun safety legislation that will expand background checks for gun buyers under the age of 21. Millions of dollars will be set aside to assist states in you know, funding intervention programs, including mental health, and even so-called red flag laws that will allow authorities to temporarily confiscate guns from a person found by a judge to be too dangerous to possess, to possess them. Yeah, that is really something. Yet the Second Amendment still remains, which is important to millions of Americans. So you see, sometimes things can go in the right direction every now and then. But, and there's always a big but, you know me, I got to do the whole big but thing. But, 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 there are still some important shifts that took place this week. For many people, these actions have shaken some deep-seated foundations, depending on one's perspective. As many expected, on June 23, 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, which is the then-landmark ruling that it was a federal constitutional right for a woman uh, to obtain an abortion. Now, going forward, abortion rights or women's reproductive rights will be determined will be determined by individual states. Yeah, you heard the term states' rights. Now, for some Americans, there are cheers and celebrations at this ruling. I mean, in the street, they're happy with tears even. And while for millions of others, it is a time for sadness at this perceived regression of limiting a woman's right to choose. Now, I'm not here on this podcast episode today to demonize either side of this issue, but to say this is just one more issue that is dividing people, that is dividing Americans. There are people who are very sincere in their convictions about their anti-abortion stance and not from a stance of demonizing those who support women's reproductive. No, 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 no. Not everybody that has a sign that says X means they hate the other side. You know, that's not a good dynamic to go down that path. And yes, there are those who believe women's reproductive rights shouldn't be infringed upon by federal or state authorities, and neither should these people be demonized. There are those who believe this kind of ruling is a slippery slope for casting other progressive past Supreme Court rulings, such as education equality, marriage equality, racial equality, into the crosshairs of no longer being federally recognized as protected rights, but something individual states would handle. And by the way, depending on your particular persuasion, some of our states, well, truth is, they will regress quicker than we can imagine, while other states want to see our society move forward as one. We can talk about that on a totally different episode maybe many months down the line. Hey, let me ask you a question here. Hey, you know, did you notice how airline fares and hotel fares are rising? That's really interesting, right? Oh, uh, now, if you're thinking, what do airline and hotel fares have to do with the latest ruling on remanding women's reproductive rights to the states? Oh, quite a bit, quite a bit. There are comments from various people that explain, well, if it's if a particular state bans a woman's right to choose, they can just always go to another state that's less restrictive. And of course you start thinking, hmm, not every woman has the knowledge or the equipment or the ability to, or the ability to research which state and city offers such services. And even if they could find such information, not every woman has the financial resources to go there for such services. Now, now, please note, 
I'm not trivializing such an important issue to a person's ability to Google or whatever such services or relegate this to the size of one's bank account. Far from it. Medical researchers, statisticians, and other women's health care advocates, they're going to be tracking these trends over the months and years to determine the factual, not perceived results of limiting women's reproductive rights. I suspect that data will be shocking and maybe even disappointing. Discussions concerning abortion, well, they're usually discussed in echo chambers. You know, that's understandable because people want to chat with folks who are like-minded on this and so many other issues. You know, why would you want to talk to someone else that has an opposing view? But have you actually had the discussion with someone of the opposite view from your own? If you're anti-abortion, can you discuss this in a thoughtful and not mean-spirited way? If you're pro-women's reproductive rights, do you immediately become angry and condemn anyone whose viewpoint is different from your own? From both perspectives, I certainly hope not. There are many people, including men, by the way, who have deep-seated beliefs on both sides of this issue and yet retain thoughtfulness in discussions with others. And sometimes, even though it's an opposing view, people really want to know what another person thinks if it's discussed in thoughtful ways. Now, three times within the last two days of this episode today, two women and I chatted about this whole overturning Roe v. Wade thing. Both women believed in the sanctity of life and both are deeply committed to their religious Christian faith, just as there are people that are committed to their Jewish faith or their Muslim faith. Well, these women, they were committed to theirs. Even so, they both said in different ways that they don't want states to determine women's reproductive rights. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how can you reconcile this kind of thinking? You're committed to this whole, you don't want that women to have abortions, but yet you're willing to say women still have the right to choose. Well, one of the, women's, one of the women said in the world we live in, Nothing is always black and white, but often shades of different realities. She's absolutely right. She said the shameful acts of sexual assault and incest is a reality in most societies. She further explained that the abortion decision must ultimately be between the patient, doctor, and God. And I'm listening to her explain this as someone who prefers people not get abortion. Now, I had a separate conversation with another woman who supports a woman's right to choose. She mentioned the various negative repercussions that will result from individual states limiting or outright banning abortions in all circumstances, including incest. She explained that how can a society take away a health right of this nature in some kind of belief that all will be fine after removing that right? But what caught my attention the most during our hour-long chat was her comments about people who are anti-abortion. She said many women who are opposed to abortion, actually, they are very thoughtful and compassionate individuals. They are not haters. They just have a deep-seated moral conviction that life should continue on. And these people actually support supporting that life 
even if it is in cases where there's no money to help the child. This is not somebody that said um, she's talking to women that believe, well, I, I want all life, but guess what? After that child is born, not, don't, don't, we're not going to talk social welfare. We're not going to talk about this. They're on their own. And so I thought this was really interesting. And now this is coming from a woman that's truly into the whole women's right to choose. So she said women's anti, some of the women's anti-abortion stance that she's discussed, it's not from a opposed or nastiness. They are very thoughtful and compassionate individuals. Their anti-abortion stance isn't from a standpoint of, like we said, hatred or owning the other side or weaponizing this issue to further divide Americans. I perceive the lady that I was talking with, I perceive that she was quite sincere when she said she can understand people's stances on a moral when it is based in love and compassion. So this is really interesting. Three women with two of them anti-abortion, but acknowledging there are realities that have to be respected on an individual basis. While the other woman is all for a woman's right to choose, but can understand others who have true compassionate, and I emphasize compassionate feelings that are opposite. On various issues, including this one, there can be thoughtful discourse that doesn't automatically have to devolve into owning the other, demonizing the other, and weaponizing whatever is the cultural issue of the day, year, or decade. Now, it's really unfortunate that there's a potent force to divide um, our society that's always been in most countries and cultures, not just America, of course. We are no different. We're still human beings. Generally, a kind of understanding is that the issues won't be so divisive that America will not start regressing to what some are calling legacy America. Think about this now. We didn't really open up that whole legacy America issue in a couple of episodes ago, but there really is this term, and I don't even know who coined it, but you hear it quite frequently, legacy America. In other words, there are those in America who truly prefer the past in which the legacy was fine to persecute and have active structural bias, not just individual bias, but structural bias to discriminate on various issues such as or bases such as race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, and religion. Now, <laughs> there are probably those listening. So uh, you think that can't happen? You think we cannot regress? Well, what happened with overturning Roe v. Wade? Even though for decades, this ruling was considered quote, settled law, unquote, from many people that were nominees. And what about same-sex marriage? On June 26, 2015, the Supreme Court held in a five to four decision that the 14th Amendment requires all states to grant same-sex marriages and recognize same-sex marriages granted in other states. In today's reality, it would be incorrect uh, belief that there is no possibility that this issue will not be challenged and reviewed again. If this same-sex marriage right is overturned, then what? What other rulings that are considered settled law could be overturned? Now, I want to be clear that I'm not advocating a societal doomsday scenario, far from it. Even with overturning Roe v. Wade, even with implementation of voting rights restrictions and so many other issues, We'll all be able to go and shop at nice grocery stores and, you know, movies will still be produced and people enjoy popcorn while they're captivated by the latest comedy, drama or action movie. 
children will continue having access to education from elementary school through high school. No doubt people going to college will continue getting student loans and build up more debt. And the whole issue about debt forgiveness will come back. All of those issues. Yeah, it's great. huh? And yes, people will enjoy going to the local tap bars and the grills with the music and the fast food and all these outlets and folks will still shop at reasonably priced to higher price grocery stores. We're going to go to dentists and get our teeth fixed. <laughs> in some cases, getting them pulled and these false things put in our mouth later on. And people will continue entering and leaving the workforce. None of this will stop. Yeah. So, and although I say in general, quote, it's not all bad, unquote. We must be careful because it can get worse and many will not even notice that it's happening. If you consider this episode interesting and somewhat meaningful, please consider sharing it with others. In the meantime, take care. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As always, you can listen and subscribe to It's Not All Bad wherever you download your podcasts.